Welcome to the Community of Hope Church podcast. Our church exists to interest disinterested people in Jesus Christ and then grow together into fully devoted followers of Him. So wherever you are, we hope you find this message helpful, practical, and applicable to your life. God bless. Well, hello, Community of Hope family. I want to welcome everybody, especially those who are guests uh, this weekend. We're so glad to have you. Happy Memorial Day weekend. It's good to have you with us. It's good to be together in worship. If this is how we have to be in worship, we're delighted to have you with us. And uh, I want to say real quickly, uh, certainly I want to shout out again to uh, Happy Memorial Day. We're so grateful for this being a weekend. We know this is normally like the beginning of summer. This is the official beginning of summer. We're all ready to go out and party together and get together, and we're not going to kind of do that this uh, year, so we're going to make the best of it, and uh, I want to shout out certainly to all of our service uh, volunteers. I want to, uh, you know, uh, service people uh, who have served abroad, and certainly want to remember those who have family members who have paid the ultimate price for our freedom, and so this is a weekend when we just take a moment to pause and to remember and to give thanks. This is also a time, too, when we're uh, shouting out to those who are serving uh, our community in profound ways right now. And we always uh, think of that with respect to our nurses and our doctors. This continues to be a time when they are on the front line. And so uh, wherever you are, we're going to shout out to you that way and just share with you prayers and know uh, that we love you guys in this time. Uh, I want to say that today I'm excited. We are uh, in week six of our series. We're calling the series series, Amazed. And uh, what we're doing right now in this series, we are on a journey through the gospel of Mark and we're stopping along the way uh, certain passages, certain stories, uh, certain verses in the Bible where it says that people observed some aspect of Jesus' person and they were amazed. And so it might have been uh, his character, it might have been his prayers, it might have been his teaching, it might have been the way he forgave people, it might have been his miracles, but some aspect of the uh, of Jesus' person, and they were amazed. And what we're doing in those passages, we're looking at those passages, we're learning together and growing in our faith as a result of that. Uh, this. And I've been excited uh, to be a part of this series. And so today what we're going to do, we're going to take a look at Mark chapter 10, and uh, we're going to look at how people were amazed at eternity. And frankly, they were amazed at what Jesus said about eternity. And so what I want to encourage you to do is grab your uh, Community of Hope app, grab your Bibles, grab your smartphones, and we're going to read today from Mark chapter 10, and we're going to begin in verse 17, and we're going to learn uh, and read this story. Sometimes this story is referred to the story of the rich young ruler. Here it is, Mark chapter 10, verse 17. It says, as Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, you shall not defraud, honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, All these I have kept since I was a boy. And Jesus looked at him and he loved him. One thing you lack, he said, 
Go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Now at this, the man's face fell and he went away sad because he had great wealth. And Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were amazed, there it is, at his words. But Jesus said again, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, who then? Who then can be saved? And Jesus looked at them and he said this, With man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things, all things are possible with God. And then Peter spoke up and he said, Lord, we've left everything to follow you. And Jesus said, Truly I tell you, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields along with persecutions. And in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last first. Let's pray together. Lord, I'm grateful for this time. I'm grateful that even in the midst of what we are traveling together through as as a world in this pandemic, that, Lord, we have this space and this moment to be gathered together, even online, and worship you and learn from you. Lord, your word tells us and says even of itself that your words never come back void. And so, God, I pray right now in the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would meet with us here and that you would use my attempt to communicate, uh, Lord, these eternal truths that somewhere in the midst of what I'm trying to say that, Lord God, you will touch this by the power of your Spirit and it will bring life to those who listen and to those who receive. So, Lord, in this space, will you do what only you can do We're going to listen, and we invite you to speak. For we pray together in the name of Jesus, and everyone said, amen. Well, this is a fascinating story. And uh, I I think it's really fascinating because um, I I think, honestly, we can learn a lot from uh, all of the ordinary garden variety conversations in the scriptures that Jesus has with people. And a lot of times, uh, over and over again, when Jesus encounters someone and they ask a question or uh, there's some uh, narrative or some story that unfolds, a lot of times if we take just a moment and pause and we look deeply into that, we can learn some things about God and about how the world works and about our relationship with our Heavenly Father that, that aren't just you know there to see, but they're there to understand and to help us in our faith as we grow together. As followers, and and this is certainly one of those stories. Sometimes, as I've mentioned, this is sometimes referred to as the story of the rich young ruler. And I think because it is often termed or identified as the story of the rich young ruler, I think sometimes it's often misunderstood. 
And the reason I think it's misunderstood is that because it, uh, it, the story would, uh, or, or the title of the story would make us believe sometimes that what Jesus was trying to say here in this moment and in this story is that he didn't like rich people or that rich people don't go to heaven or God has this thing against money or uh, all these kind of things. And here's what I want to say. None of that is really true. But what is true and what I want to talk about this morning is that this is most certainly a conversation about eternal life. And what Jesus is addressing is uh, this man's struggle and what stood in between uh, God in heaven and this man in terms of his life. And a lot of times this is what Jesus will do. If you read the New Testament and you read through the Gospels, you'll often find in these little conversations that Jesus has with people that he will point out their particular issue. And so as we're reading the story today, as we're trying to connect in the story, here's what I want to tell you. This, this story, this might not be your issue, but really what we want to uncover in this moment is, is simply this. What is, or, or do you have uh, anything that stands between you in terms of your connection with God? This is a conversation about eternity, and this is why we know it is. It happens right in verse 17 in Mark chapter 10. And, and the man says to Jesus simply this question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Now, this is a great question. I mean, this is an important question. I was reading not too long ago about even um, those who claim to be atheists when they have a near-death experience, many of them will pray. And here's what I think about that. You know, like, I, I think a lot of times uh, that circling around in the back of our, our mind, in the back of our heart, is this conversation about eternity. What is on the other side of eternity? And if there is an eternity, you know, um, will we get to be a part of it? I was listening to the radio the other day as I was driving around in my truck going nowhere because we can't go anywhere, but I was on a drive. And as I was driving around, uh, uh, Kenny Chesney came on and, and, and the song that right now is pretty popular that he sings, here's the title, Everybody Wants to Go to Heaven, But Nobody Wants to Go Now. And so this is a, a popular question. And so what I want to do is I want to take a moment and I want to go right at this question and answer this question. Lord, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? And whenever I think about this, I want to zoom out and I want to uh, take just a moment and connect this question and and this story in Mark chapter 10, uh, over to the grand sweep of Scripture. Last year, I think it was, we did a series in our church, and we called the series Long Story Short. We had a lot of great comments about that. You can go back and look uh, up that series on our web, uh, and, and on our website, and, and download that series and listen to it. But what uh, Pastor Trevor and Pastor Ephraim and I did in, in the series Long Story Short is we wanted to give the grand scope and the grand scheme of Scripture in six weeks. We want to walk people through the big moments of Scripture in the Bible. And whenever I think about this question, what must I have to do, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Uh, I think about uh, in, the, in, in the grand sweep of Scripture, in the biblical narrative, here's what we should remember. We should remember that the world started right. It started perfect. It started good. In fact, if you go all the way back and you begin in Genesis chapter 1, you find this wonderful passage of Scripture. I think it's in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, where God says, let us make man, let us create humankind in our image. 
And we know that that's a story about the Trinity. We also know that it's a story that, that God is saying in that moment that there's something unique about humanity. And then we get over to Genesis chapter 2, and God carries out exactly what he said he was going to do. And we have this wonderful passage in Genesis chapter 2 where the Bible says that God breathed into man the breath of life, and man became a living being. And, and, and you've heard me say before that in that moment, scholars believe that God breathed a, a sense of himself into Adam's lungs. And so we know that in the grand sweep of creation, when God would create something and, and he, would, he would take a step back and he would look at that creation, he would call it good. But when he created humankind, the Bible says he took a step back and he looked at that creation and he said, behold, it is very good. So in John, or, or excuse me, in Genesis chapter one, he, he makes a promise to create in his image. In Genesis chapter two, we learn a little more detail. He creates and uh, he does create in, uh, us in his image. And then we get to Genesis chapter three, and it's, it's thought of and, and referred to as the fall. And in Genesis chapter three, this is how the story goes. It says, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and she ate it. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then both of the eyes of them were opened and they realized they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together, made coverings for themselves. And the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, and he said, where are you? And this is a profound uh, moment of scripture. I have a friend of mine from years ago, I still remember this conversation, and I was trying to help him understand what we're talking about right now, this grand scope of scripture. And you know, there's creation and there's the fall. And uh, when I was sharing this with him and I was walking him through that and, and, and he just stopped me and he said, my gosh, he said, we only got to the third chapter and we jacked it up. And I remember him saying that and I, you know, we don't know how long that was, but you know, it's kind of true. We get over to the third chapter and everything kind of goes bad. Whenever I think of this, I think of the story some of you heard me say about the little boy who, who kept going over to this little construction site, crawling up on the roof. His mother told him not to do it and, and he would keep going over there all the time to do that. And one day he was on the roof and he fell off the roof and he fell into a vat of roofing tar and he knew right in that moment that he was in really deep trouble. And the story says that, you know, he goes back home and he he, he, his mom sees him and it's a big mess and, and, and she takes him over to the side of the house and she looks at him and she just kind of looks him up and down and she says, you know what, son? It would be easier to have another one than to clean you up. And we learn in that moment, you know, this, in, in Genesis chapter three, here, here we are and, 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 and there's a fall. But, but here's what I notice in the story and I want you to make note of it. The Bible says that in that moment when they realized all these things, they realized they were, they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together. It's not just talking about the lack of clothing. I, here's what I want you to notice that they did. They made coverings for themselves and then they hid from God. And when I think about that, this is what I think about. We've been doing that ever since creation. And this is not just a pronouncement, I believe, on uh, Adam and Eve. It's a pronouncement 
on humanity. Because I don't know about you, but I I have sneaking suspicions that you're very much like me. And there have been moments in my life when, when I've made coverings for myself to distance myself and my shame from God. And the Bible says in all of this grand mystery that God would come down in the cool of the day. And I think one of the most poignant moments of Scripture, we find God in the creation that he has made coming to spend time with the supreme extent of his creation, Adam and Eve, and they're hiding from him. Now imagine, and the Bible says that God would just call out, where are you? And I think sometimes he's saying that to us. And so when we think about this, and this question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? I I think this story is, is, you know, prophetic in a way uh, for all of us. And it reminds me of what Isaiah uh, said uh, to the dispossessed people of Israel. In Isaiah chapter 53, verse 6, he says, We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And that's true. And, and, and I think because, you know, we have messed up our relationship with God. Some of you are listening to me right now, and, and you know that that's true of you, and it's been true of me. It's true of the human race. And, 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 and Isaiah, I think, has it right. We, we've all gone to our own way. We're trying to figure out our own way somehow to get back to God. Why? Because God has breathed into us his image, and we have a sense of longing to connect with our creator. And so in this moment, you know, what are we going to fill in that space? And I don't know about you, but I've learned some things about human, humanity over the years. And I know a lot of times we try to stuff things into that space. One is this. We try to stuff meaning and fulfillment. We try to think, you know what, if I can, if I can just have enough stuff, if I can have enough relationships, if I can just have enough accolades, sometimes somehow that will make me feel better. And, and those of you who have tried that, here's what you know. It just doesn't work. Another thing I think that we've tried to, you know, uh, you know, put in that place to help us better connect with God is, is, is frankly our own good works. This is, I think, the single most often misunderstood thing about God's grace with respect to our trying to earn our way into heaven. And we somehow feel like there's this grand scale somehow in heaven. And if I can just somehow, if my good outweighs my bad, then that'll, that'll help me. That'll, that'll bridge the gap. And, and then I will be able to gain eternal life. And when you try that, it's just like getting on a treadmill that never ends. And then you got to figure out, you know, well, I'm, I'm better than this person, but I'm not as good as this person. It just becomes this endless, hopeless cycle. But that's what we try. And I know some of us, too, here's what we try. We try just, we try religion. And we, we just think if we can just know enough things that somehow that's going to that's gonna help me understand. I'm going to have this moment of enlightenment, and I'm going to be able, as a result of that, to find my way to eternity. 
And, 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 and I think Isaiah's got it right. You know, he says, we all like sheep have gone astray. We have all turned to our own way. Proverbs fourteen twelve says that there is a way that appears to be right, but the end of that road, the end of that way leads to death. But here's what I want to tell you, and this is, this is awesome. It's right in that moment, Isaiah, it, when he is saying this, not only I believe just as a pronouncement over the dispossessed people of Israel, but I think it's a pronouncement about humanity. That's not the whole verse. I want to show you the whole verse. And this is where the glimmer of hope begins to come in. And in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 6, it says, We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And then he says this, But the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And so right there, Isaiah is saying, you know what? It, it, it's not your good works that get you to heaven. It's not your uh, you know, pursuit of meaning and fulfillment and purpose and all of that. It's not the accolades that you accumulate along life's way. It's a God in heaven who makes a way for you. The Lord laid on him the iniquity of, of us all. And what we learn is this wonderful passage of scripture where Paul was saying at a later time, he says this, for the wages of sin is death. This is true, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. It's a gift. You can't earn it. You'll never be good enough. And God, out of his grace and out of his mercy, because he knows that, he has made a way for you and me. What you and I are talking about right now, this is the single most important thing that we would ever need to understand about the Christian faith. Now, we can't earn it. We can't be good enough. We can't possibly know uh, enough things about God that somehow that happens. But what we know and what we learn in this moment is that there's a God in heaven who's made a way for you and for me. And in my own life, when I think about that verse of Scripture, I, I have learned in my own life that there really are three things that, that, that if we will do these things, it makes the gift real to us. And here, here they are. I want to give them to you. Maybe you would write them down. The first one is this. You have to admit that you have the sin problem like I have the sin problem and everyone around us has the sin problem. Paul, when he was writing about it one time, he said this, he goes, for all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And so the first thing we have to do is just kind of have to come to terms with that. We have to come to, come to terms with what God, here's what I love about this, what God already knows about us. And, and then secondly, if you're taking notes, we have to understand uh, that, frankly, this is not bad news, it's good news. John writes about it in his gospel, and, and I think what has become the most popular verse of Scripture ever, John chapter 3, verse 16, it says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him, whoever believes in what he has done, in his accomplished work on the cross, 
shall not perish, but have eternal life. So we admit we have the sin problem. We understand that that it's good news, not bad news. And then lastly, if you're taking notes, we do this. We respond and we receive. Romans chapter 10, Paul says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. If you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that his work on the cross not didn't just take care of the sins of the world. It took care of your sins and my sins. And then I, I, a verse of scripture I, I want to explain real quickly. And then in Mark chapter 10, verse 14, it says this. When Jesus saw and he was, uh, saw these children coming to him and they were being held back, it says he was indignant. And he said this, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. And then he says in verse 15, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed them in his hands, his hands on them, and he blessed them. Now, here's what I want to tell you what's interesting. Anytime in the gospel you see the story of the rich young ruler, you know what immediately precedes it? The story of Jesus' encounter with the children. They're they're connected at every time. It's as though the gospel writers, it's as though the the Holy Spirit would want you and I to know that if we're gonna, if we're gonna, you know, figure out actually how we do get to heaven, we become like little children and we just open our heart and we say, Lord, that's the way. I don't, I don't need another way. You are the way. You're the truth. You're the life. And so here's what I want to do right now on this Memorial Day weekend. I mean, you know, for us to take just a moment and memorialize and remember what Jesus has done for you. And I want to just say to you right now from my heart, I'm praying that you will not let this just be another streamed service, that this will be just another weekend. This will be another little thing you'll do. Some of us have knocked around church for a long time, but you've never, ever transferred your trust from your good works, from your, you know, vain attempts to earn God's favor into the wonderful richness of his grace given to you. And so I want to invite you, if you've never invited Jesus Christ to be your personal Lord and Savior, that you'd do it today. And I want to pray for you, and maybe just in the quietness of your heart, maybe if you're sitting with a group of people, and even for those of you who are sitting with a group of people, some of you have done it, some of you never do it, why don't, we, why don't we just all do it together and just take a moment and thank the Lord for his mercy extended to you so that you can know him that your sins can be forgiven, and that you won't ever have to worry anymore about the question, you know, Lord, what, what do I have to do to, etern, uh, to earn eternal life? And here's what you do. You admit, you realize it's good news, and then what you do is you receive forgiveness for your sins. Let's pray. Lord, I'm thankful for this space. I'm thankful for this time and I'm thankful for these eternal truths that we're talking about. And Lord, this this doesn't need to be religious. It doesn't need to be weird. It's just a space, God, when many of us want to come to you 
some for the very, very first time, some again, just with hearts filled with gratitude. And and we say in this space, Lord, we remember what you've done and we remember that you've done it for us. And that Paul wrote that while we were still yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so God, I, I just pray for all my friends, especially those listening right now that have never invited you into their heart, have never invited you to forgive their sins. I pray that you would hear their prayers as they pray with me in their heart. Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for your mercy. Thank you that I don't have to live in the tyranny of trying to earn my salvation. But because you're a good God, a graceful God, a forgiving God, you have chosen in all of your mystery of grace to go first to make a way for me. And so right now, Lord, right now, would you come into my heart? Would you forgive my sins? Would you establish your presence in my life in first position? Be my Lord. Be my leader. Be my forgiver. Be my friend. Thank you for dying for me so that I can go to heaven and live with you. This I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now I'll tell you something. The Bible says that if you've prayed that for the first time, this incredible thing happens. Kind of mysterious, but incredible. The Bible teachers, uh, writers tell us that, that God writes your name down in, in, in a book in eternity that he will remember you and remember this moment. And this is a moment where you have crossed over from death to life. Now that is a Memorial Day weekend to remember. And if you've done this for the first time, here's what I want to ask you to do. I want you to, I want to ask you to text the word next to the number that we're going to put on the screen. And, and what we want to do is we want to connect with you and help you grow in your faith and help you grow in the decision you have just made. And if you're like me and you've prayed that prayer a long time ago and, and, and maybe you just prayed it right now just out of a sense of gratitude, isn't it good to just be reminded that we can get off the treadmill and the tyranny of religious pursuit and get to know the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, you know, because he's real and he loves us. This is what we believe. This is what we teach. I want to thank you for listening today. I pray that God will bless your life in this time, that you'll grow in your faith. Stay connected to us uh, in this time. We're praying for you. God bless you. We'll see you right here next weekend.